It's uh, great, uh, great to have you with us. And uh, the beginning of a, a new chapter, a new season, weather-wise, it's a new season, beginning of a new term. And even if you don't connect with uh, schools directly or colleges or stuff, uh, it has that feel of it, doesn't it? A new term. And in our church year, there's, there's new, new things. So uh, really good to, to have this opportunity uh, to kick off our new teaching series and to sort of kind of put us into the next bit of, of our vision as a church and the little trailer. Uh, uh, just we're using, I find myself using this phrase, uh, all in. Someone, when I, I used this phrase um, a little while ago in our PCC, that's the, the group of guys that we uh, elect and appoint uh, to help us lead the church, to, to uh, run the church in a really good way. One of them said, yeah, but Andrew, the problem with all in, it's a bit like in a poker game, isn't it? And, and I said to this person, I said, well, I wasn't sure many of our PCC played poker, but <laughs> if you do, no, and they didn't. Um, and then they said, actually, but I still like it. I still like it because it is that sense, absolutely, of it, it, in a way it could all go bust, to use another poker term which someone has taught me. Um, and I, I think, I, I want to have that, I, I don't know, I'm very nearly 55, and uh, I haven't got time to, you know, be wasting, really. I don't mean that in any sort of depressed kind of way. I mean, I, I just want to give myself to, to stuff that's good. I, I want the best. The best is yet to come. When we got married, Nikki and I got married nearly 30 years ago, the person who was speaking used the analogy of a fine bottle of wine. They, they knew me very well. And um, they, they talked about how wine matures, and you can drink wine early, uh, but you, you leave good wine, don't you? If anyone has any, I'd be welcome to share that with you. Um, <laughs> you, you let it mature, and the, and the flavors grow and come out, and the colors come out, the texture comes out, and the, and the best is, is still to come. And, and I, I love the fact that we're a church family of so many different ages, and some of you particularly, maybe especially actually, I, I have a sense of that in our culture now. Those of you in your 20s or 30s, you're setting off. Again, you don't, you don't want to just settle for less than can be the best. And, and for me, as I say, in, in my stage of life, and I, I actually guess we all share this, we want the best. We want to give ourselves to things that, things that matter. Sometimes that's, that's thought of a particularly kind of, sometimes we say that about men's ministry, but it's equally true, I find, of women, isn't it? That we want to give ourselves. We want to give to something of adventure. We want something that means, that's worth it. And so therefore, all in, in the sense that it has to involve risk. It could go bust. It, it's going to cost something. That's in this all-in phrase for me, all-in. We're, we're um, recognizing the blessings of past generations. We're, we know that our God is a God of, of yesterday, today, and tomorrow. There's continuity in our God. There are no surprises for our God. One of my phrases is, there isn't a plan B for God in the sense that God sits going, oh, I'd really like to help you, but because you messed up, I can't. My hands are tied. I'm creator of the universe, but there's nothing I can do about this. God never says that. You've heard me say, if you've been on the journey, and if you're new, you're going to hear me say it again. So many times in my life, God has said, Andrew, well, I wouldn't have started here. But the best, 
the best is yet to come. So we're, we're building on all the blessings that God has given in this church family over the years. And we're, we've got an excitement looking to, uh, to the future. And uh, I think God, uh, I said this uh, uh, again, I've said it a few times. I think God is saying, Trinity, in a way, how much can I trust you with? How much, how many can I trust you with? You know, maybe you see, saw the statistics this week. You saw the survey, the British Social Attitude Survey this week, which talked about the number of people who would say that they belong to a bit, particular part of, of God's church family, the Anglican bit or the Catholic bit or the other bits of this mad family with its odd uncles and aunts and funny cousins, but it's family. And, and lots more people... I'm really pleased lots more people are being honest and saying we don't belong, we don't affiliate, we don't connect. You know, at least 97%, maybe 98% of the the people that we uh, will see this week, that we'll be shopping with, that we'll be working with, that we'll be socializing with, that we'll be going to school or college with, at least 97, 98% of those people have no connection whatsoever with a church. None. So I think I think God is saying, how much can I trust you with? How many can I trust you with? And so this phrase, all in, keeps coming back to me. Am I, Andrew, prepared to be all in with God in a way which has risk to it? Am I up for the adventure? Or am I going to settle? And Cheltenham is a lovely place to settle. And the Cotswolds are a lovely place to settle. And this fluffy stuff called money that makes it really easy to settle. And there are cars. And there are televisions. And there are lovely homes. And there's 98% of the people that we meet every day who are settling for something different. So look, I'm all in, or I certainly want to be, and I'd love to know who's with, who's with me on being all in. We're a glorious church family, we're a a rich church family, we're a, a place where God calls people, allows people to come in lots of different circumstances. We're one of those churches where sometimes where people have been hurt by churches or they're confused by this faith stuff, they can come and you can be, and you can, and I make no deliberate point here, you can sit for a while. We're, we're a lovely church like that. We're a, we're a big enough church that you never have to speak to me if you don't want to. Isn't that glorious about our church? You never ever, you know that's a bit different from other churches. I know it's a frustration to many but it's a joy to others. <laughs> you, you can be a church where you can be really easily half in You can be a church where, you know, it's really easy to be a bit kind of provisional about, I'm not quite sure where our church, just, well, friends without any desire, any desire at all to see anyone not be all in here. That's not a place to settle. That's not a way to settle. That's not the best for you. 
As you hear more about our vision as a church, as you, as you see more of the values that we're trying to live out, the trying to, people we're trying to be, I urge you to, to be all in. Or if you can't be all in because God is calling you to be all in somewhere else, then in love and with blessing and with joy and with hope and with excitement for you, be somewhere that you can be all in. I hope you hear that with the heart with which it's intended. I, I really struggle when people leave our church family without, without speaking about that, without, you know, we just sort of drift away. I, I, I really struggle with that. I love it when people come to me and say, Andrew, we think we're called somewhere else. I do love it more when people say, we think we're called here. So look, we in, we in the summer, I don't know what your summer's been like, Nicky and I went to France because we're just so boring, we can't go anywhere else. We had a big conversation about where we're going. We went to this place, Chartres. Anyone been to Chartres Cathedral? Thank you, Jonathan. There's a picture of a cathedral with some stained glass. It's Chartres blue. It's kind of some of these blues here. It's a kind of Cambridge blue, I might observe. Um, it's gorgeous. The blue of the, of the, of the stained glass windows in, in Chartres Cathedral. It, uh, it speaks of, of God. It speaks of desire for relationship with God. And in the middle of the cathedral on the floor is a labyrinth. So on the floor in the stones are set out a, a swirling pattern, a labyrinth that you can walk in on to the center and then you unwind back. And where you, where you finish, in, where you get to in the center is, is right in front of some of the biggest stained glass windows. And you look up and you see imagery of, of Jesus as Lord, Jesus as judge. And then you unwind again. And we'll just show that picture again, Jonathan, thank you. Uh, you unwind. And where you end, you're looking right down the, the cathedral aisle to where the communion table is, the altar. And it was great, except for the fact that a few French people were doing it properly. And they were taking about an hour to wind in and an hour to wind out. I mean, zut law, this is... <laughs> this did not fit with my timetable. I would have been happy to walk quickly in and then quickly unwind again. But there was one particular French person, and... and I love France, and I love the French, but they can annoy, can't they? I mean, she was... I mean, you know. I apologise. Yeah. She was walking like this. I mean, get this. This is... I'll, I'll speed it up for you. And there was a queue. There was a queue behind her. And she ignored the queue. Gosh, I wish I'd done what she'd done. Gosh, I wish. 
that even on that first day of my summer holiday, when Nikki and I were wishing to be serious about coming into the presence of God, I wish I'd, I wish I'd had time, made time, to wind very slowly in to God and stand and adore God just for him, just for who he is. And then wouldn't I have loved to have spent several hours, in fact, unwinding back. take nothing else from today, that is, I think, the first question about being all in. Is your life just a little bit like mine, where there wasn't quite enough time in my schedule, even on holiday, even when I was doing something holy, And that little French lady, she had it completely right. And if you feel any sense of that, that's the message of today. If you want to be all in with what I think God wants to do, if you want to share a sense of excitement about God saying, I'm not satisfied that 98% of the people you'll work with, you'll live with this week, you'll you'll, uh, be alongside in Tesco, Sainsbury's, Waitrose, other shops are available. Um, I'm not satisfied that... I'm not satisfed that those 98% of people don't know about me, don't know about the love of God, don't know about the fact that I died on the cross because I love you so much that I have removed every barrier from between you and me, that I am your perfect father, that I love you, that just as, just as Tim took a Hannah in his arms, just as Will and Charlotte take Hannah in their arms, that God says, I want to take you and those 98% I want Cheltenham, I want the Cotswolds, I want the southwest of England, I want the United Kingdom, I want the world. I'm all in, says God, for you. Are you going to be all in with me? And what that will look like is intentionally taking the time To be in his presence for no other reason than that is the best place you can find yourself. Really, that's the sermon this morning. That's the talk. That's the question. I mean, look, let's do some stuff for those of you who are going to be dissatisfied with that. Um, we have a mission statement, Jonathan, let's put it up, to make committed followers of Jesus Christ who change communities and nations for him. That's our, our purpose. That's why Trinity exists. That's not going to change. It was true back in the past. It was true through all the last seasons with Mark and Karen and Tim and Hills and Gareth and David and uh, Mike and everyone. It was true then and it's true now as we go forward. 
This is why we're here, to make followers of Jesus Christ. That 98% out there, that's who we're here. But God, yes, wants to give us a vision. Here's a picture of, about vision. God does want to give us the compass kind of picture God wants to say, yes, I've got something particular for you in this season. There have been particular things in previous seasons that have inspired. And you know, I hope that we've said there are three themes that we believe the Holy Spirit's leading us into. Positioning before God. I'm talking about that, aren't I? Partnering with each other, being better at the way that we operate and serve as family together. And then planting Planting new things. It's that season where the the farmers are are breaking soil and they're preparing soil. What does that look like in your workplace tomorrow? What does that look like in your school, in your college? What does that look like in your road? As well as potentially, yes, new churches, whole new worshipping communities. But both and with planting And there's this shorthand, therefore, about being all in with God, all in with each other, and all in with his mission in the world. Managed to lose that, haven't I? I did that deliberately so that you would notice. And we have to be careful about vision. Because the Bible never uses vision the same way as that if you've got to go to some corporate sales pitch meeting tomorrow, it'll be used. The Bible never speaks in little short snappy, even though I am, with my all in. The Bible doesn't do it that way. So vision is helpful to us as real people in real time in the 21st century. Vision gives us a way to say yes to some things and it gives us a way to say no to some things. But the Bible says the bottom line is being My people is about loving the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. And then love your neighbor as yourself. So I just want to put it out there. This positioning, this partnering, this planting are things that the Spirit is leading us into, but they're tactics. Don't worship positioning, planting, partnering. We worship God. We're all in with him, I pray, in this next season. Let's have a look at Acts chapter 2, 42, 47. If we want to be a a church where we see uh, the Lord adding daily to their number, here's the the formula that that we're given in Scripture. Acts chapter 2, it's familiar verses to many of us. They, this is the people of God as they were kicking off, devoted themselves... Other translations have all in. They they don't. They don't. But they should. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord, they didn't, their strategy didn't, 
Even their vision plans didn't. Their snappy, snappy little slogan didn't. Their brilliant six-foot-three lead pastor didn't. The Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So we have a sense of vision, yes. We have some things that we think God is, is calling us to. But they're just tactics to fulfill his calling, his commission, his purpose for our church. And I do choose to keep using this phrase, are we all in? Do we have time for our God to be God? Over the next three months, we're going to talk about some healthy habits for those who are devoted to the Lord. They, they reflect those ones, I hope, that have been described in Acts chapter 2, verses 42-47. Because the Lord added daily to their number those who are being saved. Because of this devotion. We're talking this month about prayer. And I hope I've already been doing that in some ways, but I'm going to just say a little bit more. We're going to be saying about different aspects of prayer, about adoration in prayer. Next week, we're going to be thinking about listening in prayer. Week after that, we're going to think about, about transformation, about prayer not just being sort of sticking plaster stuff, but... but Really life-changing, world-changing. And then next month, we're going to think about giving. I don't think that verse about everything in common is theory. There you go. That's how squeaky bottom time it's going to be. I believe it is our worship. Our money, our possessions, our time, our talents. And then with the third month, we're going to be talking about sharing our faith. That's the journey we're going on. But first then, a little bit about prayer. And I've kind of, as I say, already really tried to give you the sermon. We're talking about Chartres Cathedral. But um, the disciples said to Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray. It's that important. They knew that prayer is the absolute means by which the relationship with God is expressed and made real and enabled and empowered and everything. And Jesus started by saying to them, you pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. You begin with adoration. Revelation 4, verse 11, the end of our Bibles, says, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. We first and foremost 
adore God in prayer. We come to worship God in prayer because that is his worth. And it's, it's only possible by his initiative. It is always a response. Maybe you're here, someone today, and you don't know God in a personal way. You know about God, or you know about Jesus, but you, you don't feel you know Jesus in a personal way, God in a, a personal way. Well, let me encourage you to start with the thought that it's God's initiative that you're here. And it's God's initiative to call us to pray, to connect with him. So everything we do in response, the Bible does not present an art of prayer. The Bible presents God of prayer. And our right perspective is that he has reached out to us. Jesus said, call God Father, Abba, call him, call him Daddy. It, it, it has real sense of respect because of the figurehead, the father figurehead and leader of a Jewish family in mind. But it's also got real intimacy. It's both. It's deep intimacy without getting into God Almighty. God remains almighty, but with a depth of intimacy. And the Bible teaches us to, to adore God, to, to weave in in our life, to wind in to, to presence of God in response to his works, as Nick was sharing with us last week from Psalm 19. The heavens declare the glories of God. We're called by the Bible to, to adore God in our prayer and begin in this place of Father Almighty because of his word and his words through the ages. And we're called to adore God in our prayer and to, to be all in with him in this way because of his deeds. Jesus died on the cross. For each one of us. And this is, this is the cause of our adoration of God. It just means dwelling in the Father's presence. That's adoration. Dwelling in the Father's presence. It is, it is the, the being bothered to spend two or three hours of a nearly two week long holiday winding in behind a little old French lady and not thinking she was getting in the way of my café au lait. <laughs> I could put that more theologically, but possibly not more accurately. C.S. Lewis, Lewis says, in commanding us to glorify him, God is inviting us to enjoy him. In commanding us to glorify him, God is inviting us to enjoy him. Pete Gregg, who's a guy who started a movement called the 24-7 Prayer Movement, says, and I love this, that adoration in prayer is climbing into the lap of the Father. Climbing into the lap of the Father. That picture again from Chartres Cathedral. 
One of the things we're going to do with our, our three vision themes is we, we've got some priorities. We've got some things that we think will help. And one of them is we're going to really take seriously how we try and resource healthy habits for, for followers of Jesus Christ. I've, I've shown a grid before, which comes from a guy called John Mark Comer, um, and it's got lots of different kinds of healthy habits on it. If we can put the grid picture, thanks, Jonathan, up. And, and we're going to try and make a whole load of stuff available about the habits of those who want to climb into the lap of the Father. But, but there's lots there, and Tim's doing some work, Mike Fuller doing some work, others doing work on, on pulling together stuff, because we, need, we know we need to be serious about how we resource each other. But here are three, that, three habits for me. The first is simply setting time aside to be with God without agenda. That's it. Setting time aside to be with God without agenda. That is the heart of adoration in prayer. The Book of Common Prayer, which is a a worship book for the Anglican Church, our bit of this weird Christian family, says that adoration is the lifting of the heart and mind to God, asking nothing but to enjoy God's presence. So if I want to be all in with God, I have got to find an equivalent of Chartres Cathedral. I've got to find a new labyrinth. Now, you could send me, if you wish, every week on my retreat day to Chartres. I will suffer that for this family if I need to. But wow, wouldn't it be more powerful if I found a labyrinth in 66 All Saints Road? Wouldn't it be more powerful if I found a labyrinth in the church staff offices? Wouldn't it be more powerful if I found a labyrinth in Pitville Park, if I found a labyrinth in Marks and Spencers? One of the things I'm trying to do, lots of people laugh when I say this, I am trying to walk more slowly. That little old lady is getting under my skin. But I've decided that those moments between the meeting here and the meeting there or the being here and the being there are a gift from God. And I do not have to try and get through that time as quickly as possible. I can walk slowly and smell the coffee. I'm not talking about squeezing God into just the gaps. But I am saying, as Richard Foster, who wrote about this in a book called Celebration of Discipline, how can you have a necklace of moments through your day when you walk slowly, you breathe deeply, and you adore God just simply because he's God? I love it when Pete Gregg, again, the founder of 24-7 Prayer, says that as his perspective is that the hour he takes out in prayer is so that the other 23 hours of his day will be in prayer. 
My second one is linked. It's contemplation, the habit of looking and seeing, the habit of being devoted, steadfastly attentive to what God is doing. Jesus said, see the birds of the air. Jesus said, see the lilies of the field and how they grow. Jesus took time out each day. Jesus was into contemplation, steadfastly attentive to see what God is doing. I need to get much better at this. The danger of being somebody in ministry is that you think you know what God is doing. And you look just at the surface veneer. And you say, oh yeah, I've seen that before. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know I, I've seen that, I know what God's doing. Or, or I've seen this situation in church life before. Uh, I know what that's about, it's fine, I've got this one. Don't worry God, go off and deal with something else, deal with, you know, Nikki, she has much greater needs than me. I'm... And isn't that so false? Isn't that just so damaging? For me to be all in with God in prayer means, yes, time. It means, secondly, attentive, steadfast attentiveness to look and really see what he is doing. And my personal third healthy habit for growing a sense of adoration in my prayer life is thankfulness. Again, Pete Gregg, your prayer life is at its best when you are praying continually small prayers of thankfulness rather than the single big prayer of change. Charles Spurgeon, a famous writer-speaker, said, it's not how much we have, but how much we enjoy that makes happiness. It's not a quantity thing. It's a quality thing. And for me, when I am truly thankful to God as a, as a habit in my life, I find myself naturally adoring God. Psalm 46.10, to come into land, as I speak about adoring God in prayer, as I, I speak about prayer as a, a healthy habit for those who, who want to be all in with God, so that we can be all in with each other and all in for the world. Be still and know that I am God. I love the New American Standard Version. Cease striving. Cease striving. Be a little old French lady, Andrew. That little old lady's taught me quite a lot, you know. 
I only watched her for a few minutes before I got really frustrated. <laughs> if you want to join in with Prayer Week, as Tim said, there's a card that you've been given. It, it, it talks about some of the stuff that I've been sharing this morning about our vision, about positioning, <laughs> about partnering, about planting. It, it poses the question about being all in. It gives some ways that you can do that. We're, we're gathering as a church at various points, and we do that, of course, in our life groups and in other ways through the week. We're asking about partnering, ministry areas in church that we will commit to pray for, but also asking someone who you don't know and saying, what does your week look like? What, is, what are the prayer challenges for you next week? And I will pray for you this coming week. That's how I'll partner with you. And then we're asking you to think about going prayer walking, maybe not in circles, but for places where you think God might want to break through. You could prayer walk your office, prayer walk your school, prayer walk a neighborhood, prayer walk, prayer walk. I wonder if there are any other little French old ladies in the room. Or certainly a call to become so. Would you like to stand? few minutes before we need to go and collect our children for those whom that applies to, so I'll, I'll signal that in a moment. But here's an invitation. Here's an invitation I think God is making. Who's tired of striving? Who's wound up in the wrong kind of way? Who wants to climb into the lap of the Father even more than we've already done so, so beautifully? Thank you, Josh, and others this morning. Who wants to climb into the lap of the Father? Be still and know that I am God. Who wants time, time with God, just for no agenda, but just time with God in their life? Who wants to say now, Holy Spirit, as we welcome you, Holy Spirit, yes. I want healthy habits. I want time with you, God. Would you show me? Would you show me how? Come, Holy Spirit. I want to climb into your lap, Father, daily, daily. Who wants to pray, Holy Spirit of God, God with us now, I want to see, I want to be attentive and, and I want to contemplate the works, the words, the deeds of my God. I want to see what you're really doing. I don't want surface vision. I want deep vision. Holy Spirit, would you, would you come and would you hear our prayer to see?
wants to share in a prayer, Holy Spirit, to you about thankfulness? Just a, 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 greater, a greater depth of thankfulness. God, I'm sorry the way that possessions weigh me down. I'm sorry for the way that money trips me up. I'm sorry, God, for the, all the things that get in the way. Release in me, release in us a spirit of thankfulness to God. More and more thankfulness. Holy Spirit, come. And I know there's a few people and it would be just wonderful if, if this doesn't apply to you, you would just pray intensively for any who decide to do this. Even as you watch, even as you see, would you pray for them? I just know there's a few people who want to step forward, who want to just physically come to the front and just step forward and say, um, I'm responding to something, either something that Andrew has said directly or something that God has just spoken to me about being all in, about stepping into the Father's lap get it climbing into the Father's lap, about ceasing striving. Just come forward now. Just come forward now. Make a physical statement, an action. Yes, God, I'm all in. I'm all in this area of my life. There are a few people here who want to see more intensively what God is doing. You want deeper insight into what God is doing in your life and situations. There are some people here who are just very, very tired. And you know that tiredness doesn't come from God. You know that that's not God. That's something that needs to change. That's a a, a way of living that is not being healthy for you. You're not breathing deeply. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I want to be all in with you, God. Would some friends from the church family come and pray for those who've come forward? And if you're you're observing to some degree, would you become a, a prayerful observer? Just pray as you are seeing people brave and coming forward. Just say, more of you, God. That's our prayer in ministry. More of whatever you're doing, God. More of what you're saying more of you, Lord. More of you, Lord. Got one or two people to my left, a a, a man and a woman to my left, another man and woman at the front to my left here. 
be lovely to have some people just come and join in just say God whatever you're doing more of you more of you I just sense there's, there's some more coiled springs in this place. Coiled springs just holding on. That's not God. That's not God. He would love you to have a different pattern of life. Thank you, God. Just if a, a woman could come and pray down here, just to my left at the very front of the block. Thank you, Rita. Two, actually, women here. Thank you. Another two men just down here to my right. Thank you. Family, come and pray. Come and bless. All you have to do is just say, more God, more of what you're doing. Thank you. And one more woman to come and pray, please. Just just here at the front. Someone would come. Thank you, God. You might want to turn to somebody beside you if you've not come forward and ask them for prayer. Is anyone else waiting for prayer? Just another man, please, just far left, my far left, your far right. Thank you. More of you, Holy Spirit, more of you, God. More of you, God. More of you. If you have to leave to collect children or go from here, may you go with the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, God. More of you. More of you, Holy Fill this heart. 
fill this heart, God. Come, Holy Spirit. Come and fill this heart, Jesus. God, you Thank you, God. Thank you for your love for Dave, for his family. Thank you. You only want what is good for him. Give him clearer vision of you. See more. See more of what the Lord has for you. Is there anything particular, Dave, you want me to pray for? Um, just that, initially, I came out just prompting that to So, Father, thank you, thank you that you are Dave's father. Thank you that you're inviting him, his daddy. You're inviting him as his as your son to climb into your lap and in your lap to find himself more fully, find truth and light, everything he needs. So take him into your lap, take him in, take him into your lap. Put your arms around him.